Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Good morning, CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not paid on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, email, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Good Muy morning. buenos días. ¿Cómo estás, Claudia? Feliz viernes. Buenos días, Edgar. Es? Feliz Dice viernes. que estamos en diciembre 14. Ya, diciembre 14. 15 días para que se acabe el 2018. ¿Qué año, no? Wow. Este, fue un año uh, de mucho aprendizaje para mí. Para este, todos, sí. Pa sí, claro. Y, y, y más que nada, en, en este espacio que estamos creando para todos estos este, empresarios, emprendedores, uh, que, que bueno, que están... Este, dándonos su historia de éxito o simplemente compartiendo lo que están haciendo, sus, ide sus ideas. Y, y sus historias tan inspiradoras, y ¿no? Y sus historias tan inspiradoras. Y bueno, uh, hoy es un día hermoso aquí en la ciudad de Portland, Oregon. Y tenemos a Marcia Chong. Ella es uh, Investment Analyst. Marcia, ¿cómo quieres que te uh, hagamos esta entrevista en español, en inglés? Podemos hacerlo en, en los dos idiomas. Ah, perfecto. Ah, okay. perfecto. Sí, sí, sí. Y bueno, nada más para que sepan, Marcia eh, creo que es la, la invitada que nos la, la, la invitada de todo este año, ganadora del concurso de, de quién de quién nos este quién está más lejos. Hoy se encuentra en Montevideo. Oh, wow. En Uruguay. Entonces ya habíamos tenido Uruguay. previamente a alguien en Bolivia, pero bueno, Marcia es la ganadora del 2018. <risa> Los bragging rights. Sí. Gracias. Eh, ¿Y cómo está Uruguay por ahora allá? ¿Cómo está el clima? No, eh, antes de todo, primero por por tenerme en el show. Um, aquí está muy, estamos en un clima muy soleado. Vine acá para vacaciones y en este mes de diciembre, yo diría en una semana más la mayoría de las personas en Uruguay y en Argentina se van de vacaciones. Ah, ok. Entonces, ajá, el clima por acá, por lo menos en los Estados Unidos, por ejemplo, es invierno, pero en cambio por acá es el verano. Ah, sí, 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 ajá. Entonces ahorita tienes toda la ciudad para ti, ¿no? Y, y bueno, un poquito de buen clima. Pero no, normalmente, ¿dónde tú estás establecida, Marcia? ¿En dónde resides normalmente, tú? Normalmente estoy en Washington. En Washington, en Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Okay. De todas formas, nos queda un poquito lejito. También lejos, sí. Pero bueno, pero no tan, no, no tan lejos como Uruguay. Y, y bueno, bienvenida, Marcia. Muchas gracias. Sé que, bueno, estás de vacaciones. Gracias por eh, acceder a tomar un tiempo. Y bueno, que aquí tenemos este espacio para los fundadores de Startups Latino. Y nos da mucho gusto también contar con gente como tú que viene del otro lado de la, de la, de la parte de inversión, pues también para poder uh -huh. aprender que nosotros eh, que estamos empezando... Eh, fundadores de startups, tengamos esa perspectiva también del otro lado, ¿no? de, de cómo, cómo poder hablar. Bueno, pues eso es lo que queremos aprender el día de hoy. ¿Qué es lo que haces? ¿Cómo le haces? O sea, ¿cómo se le habla a un inversionista? Pero antes de eso, antes de eso también conocer uh -huh. tu historia personal. Claro. ¿Quién es Marcia Chong Rosado? Ajá, ¿Sí? ¿De dónde viene Marcia? ¿Dónde creció Marcia? Y, y sí, hasta ahora. ¿Quién es Marcia? Bueno, eh, y muchas gracias por tenerme en el show. Eh, yo soy una inmigrante, porque ahora vivo en los Estados Unidos. Originalmente nací en Guayaquil, en Ecuador, y me mudé como una hora de Boston eh, cuando era muy chiquita, cuando tenía casi ocho años. Y me mudé con mis papás, con un hermano, por razones económicas, para, o sea, para seguir adelante, y, y sí, entonces me crié, parte de mi infancia me crié en Ecuador y todavía tengo bastantes valores, obvio, de, del Ecuador, 
pero también parte de mi infancia y el, la mayoría de mi vida fue en los Estados Unidos, en Massachusetts. Y, eh, pero a mí me gusta eh, compartir esa parte de mi vida porque cuando estuve en Ecuador me di cuenta que había bastante eh, desigualdad entre, entre diferentes clases sociales. Um, y eso siempre me gustaba. O sea, desde que era chiquita le preguntaba a mi mamá que, que vive en el campo, no tiene tanto dinero en comparación a otro tío. Okay. Y ella siempre me explicaba porque el sistema no es, no es, no es necesariamente eh, igual para todo el mundo. Um, y esas experiencias en Ecuador siempre me siguieron um, hasta la universidad. Y, y en la universidad me puse a experimentar con diferentes conceptos de negocios como el fair trade, la microfinancia. Y también después de graduarme me fui a un... Era como una startup que estaban creando los primeros bonos de impacto social. Uh, que es un mecanismo de, de financiamiento. Entonces, desde ahí yo dije, wow, el capital se puede usar de una manera para, para combatir a diferentes problemas sociales. Eh, y, y sí, y de ahí yo dije, yo quiero ser un inversionista. Um, y desde los bonos de impacto social me fui al mundo de Venture Capital. Ok. Uh -huh. ¿Y, y, ¿Y cómo funcionan estos bonos de impacto social eh, exactamente, Marcia? Ah, ok. Eh, los bonos de impacto social, y lo voy a explicar un poco en inglés, um, si no hay problema. Sí, sí, o sí. Me dicen... No, 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 adelante. Sí, no, Entonces, bien. los bonos de impacto social en inglés son social impact bonds, and social impact bonds son the contracts between governments um, and nonprofits where governments enter into, let's say, like, let's say they have a social issue. Like um, there are young men who are in prison um, and they leave prison and they go back to prison constantly and they cost taxpayers $50,000 a year. So with these social impact bonds, um, what my role was, I was creating these for the first time in the U.S. Um, about six years ago. And the way we did it is we would, Um, build these projects where government would pay nonprofits to support different social issue areas. So, for example, working with men coming from prison um, and helping them get jobs and never return to prison. And government would only pay if they saw outcomes and results. Mm -hmm. And so this idea was very different and it's still very innovative right now because the way that government is funding for different social issues um, is really, they were just giving out money without knowing, hey, does this work? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. exactly. And so as part of that, um, I also worked to raise money from different types of investors who would cover up the cost of the project up front. So that's when I got exposed to, hey, these are what foundations do. This is what banks like Goldman Sachs and other types of global banks do. And this is what, um, let's say, high net worth individuals are interested in um, and their different motivations. So from that experience, it really made me want to learn more about, hey, how can I be an investor and how can I use capital um, towards different social issues that are, are important and, the, and ones that I care about? That's amazing. Uh, so, Marcia, uh, I I work with uh, a lot of uh, small businesses, and uh, what is your your uh, experience with with this? Like, uh, I see, I was reading about you, and and then I mean, your story it's amazing, and then we don't see a lot of women going towards this um, subject. Uh, how how do you get interested in in creating a solution for? for businesses? Yeah, um, for me, it, it actually really, st it started with um, a professor I had in college 
and sociology. And I know that that may sound like, hmm, that's really weird. But that professor had told me, hey, this is how you can use business for social good. And believe it or not, at the time, a lot of, I had gone to, um, for undergrad, I had gone to business, I had taken business as a, as a major. And um, back then, a lot of people were telling me, hey, go make a lot of money and then you can you can donate later. And that didn't sit well with me. Um, and it really was from that professor that was like, here are these different ideas like microfinance and fair trade that you can use um, the, for social good and here are these different business models. So you just mentioned the small businesses. There are a lot of fair trade small businesses that mm-hmm. are um, employing um, people across the globe and helping them sell to different markets, right? And so... Uh, so, but how uh, yeah. how that works, like uh, for, for people that are listening to us, like how, what's the process of that? Um, so for me, for getting into what, for starting a small business? Correct. Or? Yes. So, um, so I mean, I would say my role is, is, I mean, right now I'm an investor, so it's a little bit different. But what I've seen with a lot of the companies that I've been a part of and the founders that we've invested in, um, it typically starts with a small team. So you have honestly you have an idea and then you what we suggest is like you try to find a co-founder or someone else that shares that idea with you um and and hopefully you've and we can get into this later too but hopefully you've if you're wanting to start a small business whatever you decide to do it and it should be something that you've had a like direct lived experience like a problem you've lived through um or something in society that you bel- that you have the technical capacity um, or have studied for this, where you believe you are uniquely uh, positioned to like resolve that problem. So um, I've seen it start different ways, but it, there's usually like a either you've lived through a problem and you want to fix it, and then you're like, okay, I want to start this small business or uh, or startup. Um, or someone else brings you on board and is like, this is my vision. You may have the technical capacity. Do you want to be like a co-founder with me? Do you want to be a part of this team with me? So what do you want to hear from uh, this startup uh, for you to be an um, investor that is going to like give a green light? Or what, what are you mm-hmm. looking for? Yeah. Um, so what, because... I so I am what's called um, an early stage venture capital investor, and what that means, and it can mean different things. And so it's important to ask each investor this: is I look for startups um, or early companies between typically between either they were founded last year or from zero to three years ago, right? And their team is usually either a couple of people and up to like, let's say 15 people. Um, And because these companies are so early, what I really care about the most is who is a part of that co-founding team. Um, And so not just like, what are the skill sets? I don't care. I really don't care about where they studied. I care more about um, does one have sales? experience does one really understand the markets that they are working in um, mm-hmm. I also care about have they lived through the problem they're trying to solve do they understand that problem or are they people let's say you're you're trying to um, uh, I don't know let's say you're trying to enter the US but you've never been there and you've never like faced the issues that customers in the U.S. face, yes. then I, that would be like a red flag for me, right? Exactly. Um, so I would say team is the most important thing. Yes. Um, but then also if, because I'm a VC investor, I also care about other things like the size of the market. So is that market that that business is operating in, is it big enough or if it's a new market, is it, do we believe that it can grow over time? Um, and can this company like have an important position in that market? Um, 
And, and what's the size? I mean, do, do, you, do you have like an approximate number size that you said, well, this market is large enough for me in, ter in terms of dollar or? Yes. Um, yeah. um, so it depends where you are do you, in, in terms of geographies. So, for example, I work with entrepreneurs in the U.S. and Latin America. And in the U.S., what you hear a lot of VC investors say is that, is that a billion dollar market? And they're looking for that number. Um, and personally for me, I don't necessarily think that should be the way it is, but that is what a lot of investors look for okay. because let's say an investor has five minutes and they're looking at your presentation, right. Or hearing about your company. They want to hear that. Um, but that's in the U S in Latin America. It's the market size is, uh, I don't have like an exact number for you, but it, we're more lenient and it's smaller than that just because. It's in uh, an emerging market and a little bit different. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 it sounds pretty. Um, I, I, or I, I don't know. You know, if I the, the arbitrary is the, the word, like just a billion dollar. Because is there a mathematical formula? It just sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. we we're having a candid conversation here. So it's like nobody's pitching. It's like, yeah. is, is that a metric? Uh, because I, you know, we've been on 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 that on this side. Uh, like, and when we hear you know the ten mm -hmm. x, you know, the, 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 just those metrics. I as an economist, like, why? I mean, you know, well, everything starts with a why. Like, why those metrics? Exactly. Where do you come up with those? Not because I'm trying to, you, you justify to me, but I want to know. So also no. from my own knowledge so, mm -hmm. so I can prepare and know, am I viable? Am I wasting your time or, or somebody else's time? Absolutely. So even, and I'll answer your question too, but I also think it's important to share is, so, I mean, One of the reasons I had come into VC is because it's such an obscure and a and as a broken capital system. I'll be honest about it. That's my opinion. And um, in the sense that the way that investors, they have these like golden standard metrics, but it's really extremely subjective. Um, and and so, for example, yes, you if you're an entrepreneur, you will you may face this where you're hearing someone to investors say, oh, is this sizable? Is this a billion dollar market? But I think what it's not necessarily based on fact, but what I think is more mm -hmm. compelling to do is to do more of a, uh, a bottom up approach, is, which is where based on um, the customers you have right now, or if you don't, then you do like very conservative projections or assumptions around, okay, this is how much, how many customers I can get. And this is the uh, contract size I'm estimating. And um, based on like multiplying that, this is how much I think I can make in revenue. And, um, and really, I think for early stage companies, that's more important than like saying an arbitrary billion dollar market. But I like to be honest and tell you that that's still the state of the system where a lot of investors have these arbitrary metrics that they're using. Okay. Yeah, no, no, and that's fair enough because, again, you know, that gives you a guideline for anyone, that, you know, everybody that's listening, you know, uh, to, to know exactly what you're against or, or for, you know, what you, what you got to work for and present those numbers. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'll also add, I think it, what is compelling for a founder to do um, is to say like how is to take kind of like power over when you're talking about the market, like take power over that conversation by saying, you know, this is how I've come up with this. It's based on these assumptions after talking with X number of customers. Um, and, and this, these are the resources that I use to come up with this. And then you, you make that investor feel like, okay, they've done their research. They know this market better than I do. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, with that, like I, like I said, work with small businesses and the importance of the numbers of a uh, startup or an early stage business is so important. Uh, what can you tell us about, about that? Yes. You being you uh, being one of them too. <laughs> so yes. So um, so 
it's extremely important. And actually in my current role, not just, I don't just invest in startups, but I also um, support them on their financials and help them become investment ready. And the reason why, yeah, the reason why is because um, out of, out of the different aspects of, um, of building a business, whether it's like team or like refining your pitch, what my team has found is that the, an entrepreneur's ability to tell their financial story is the weakest part of their business. Mm-hmm. And so I completely agree with you in terms of like finance and fi- your financials being important. And so there are a couple of things that no matter what stage of a, whether you're just starting your business or you're in your first year or second year, there are a couple of things that I think are important um, is one, having um, a, even if it's a very basic or early template of a financial model and, and understanding key metrics like, okay, what is my burn rate? So what that means is like, how much is my business using up in cash every month? And um, how long does, how much cash do I have for me to keep going without raising more money? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so that's your, what's called, your runway? Yeah, exactly. And, and I've often asked those two things, even to companies that are like two years old and, and they'll say, I don't know. And, and then I'm like, okay, we need to work on this right yes, now. Exactly. Um, uh, and so I think having like your burn rate, your, your runway, um, is really important. Um, also being able to, this is, this is really important too. Like in, let's say you, you're building out your financial model, having a tab for revenue and costs and being able to put together what are all the different assumptions that drive your revenue. So things like I am assuming I'm going to capture, I'm making this up, 10 customers next year. Um, The growth rate is going to be this. Um, And putting together whatever factors will impact your revenue is really important. And the same thing for costs. So those are some of the things that that I I work on with with founders on a daily basis. Kind of like strategizing how are you going to grow your business in the next year? Well, that's, based that's, on real exactly. numbers, yeah. yeah, based on real numbers and not as, or, or close to real uh, numbers and not just merely assumptions. A forecasting, yeah, right, exactly. And like, kind of testing this out. Like, why are you assuming this? Is this based on like your experience? Have you spoken with customers, or uh, is this completely a out of the dark assumption? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it has to be validated or based on, on, on real data. So and, and, and this was tied to one of the questions that I have. How off putting it is for you to, 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 to get a pitch and, you know, you, you at some point, you know, have it to, to be incomplete or inconsistent. And at what point you decide, you know, I'm going to invest my time because this, this there might be something in this if I help the startup. Or at some point you say, you know what? No, this is a waste of my time. So what? What's what's that fine line? Mm-hmm. What, what does that fine line look for you? Because I, uh, you know, yeah. I, I've seen re- real, you know, cases. You know, we, we we help each other. You know, pitches, but you know, we don't know what's on the other side. You know, what is an investor thinking? Yes, there's bones to this, but they need help. Obviously, I mean, every startup needs a lot of help. And I'm going to invest my time, mm-hmm. maybe not money in the beginning, but like you, my time, my resources, and helping them craft this. Or you said, you know, flat out, no, these guys are miles away. Right. Um, so I don't think there is necessarily one size fits all answer to this, but it can be based on, truthfully, an investor may end up helping you out because they they uh, either connect with you as a person and, and think you're genuine and, and may end up helping you. Or let's say for me, too, is... Um, are they in that in a sector that I'm really interested about? And more importantly, um, how self-aware is this founder? And for me, if I if I feel like a founder comes to the table and it's like, look, I really want to learn more about what 
I don't know, about my valuation, my my financials. I know I don't know this right now or I need mm-hmm. to work through this, but I would love your support or if you know of other people that could support me. Like that goes a long way in just being okay. honest about where you're at rather than trying to come up with numbers or trying to look perfect. Um Yes. And for me and personally, that goes a long way. Transparency, yeah. 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 And I think that a lot of startups, like, sometimes are, like, scared of doing the, the next uh, step or, like, the growth or they're, like, they're uh, shy on, like, talking about their numbers because that's not their, like, their skill, you know? Their mm-hmm. skill is to mm-hmm. be, to make the idea, to make the product, to, to do the, the service, the yeah. vision. But, like, always to find someone that can help you. And then, like you said, to build your team and knowing uh, who's going to be uh, behind you to help you to, to grow your business. Yeah, I, and uh, what I will say to that is, it's, it's really common to have founders. I agree with you. It's really common experience for me to work with founders that they may not even have a financial model, but them saying, hey, I want to learn. Exactly. Um, I want to get better. That is compelling. And that makes it an, a, you know, a fun relationship with them to support them. And yeah. Um, and yeah. Because it can be a good idea, but like they definitely need the help um, and that. So, uh, Marcia, uh, I know that you guys are like solving these problems and uh, that they're critical uh, for the future success of uh, society. And uh, you guys give the opportunity to, to the communities and you guys support uh, in health, education, financial inclusion um, and what how can what can you tell us about that? And then also like the resource of uh, sust- sustainability of the planet. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. You guys are doing a great job. What can you tell us about that? Um, sure. So I think it'd be helpful to just give a little bit more background. Yes. Um, and and so I work for um, Village Capital, and so. What we run is, ex, it's like we run three to four month accelerator programs and have a venture capital fund. And I work across both of them, right? And what we believe in is that, uh, you know, the venture capital system is broken. Um, and if you look at different studies, like in the US alone, 80% of venture capital only goes to three states in the US. And we deeply believe that it's overlooking a lot of great ideas. Um, and not just in the U.S., but globally. Okay. Um, and and that it's overlooking great ideas working on important social issues. And so that's why we focus on education and health. Um, financial health, uh, food and agriculture, and energy. Oh, wow. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and we think there are great companies that, can bring both returns as well as social impact. So we're not compromising on either. Both are really important. So 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 for, for you us. to invest, you know, you have to find, you know, you have to comply with those two components. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. That's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we also read, you know, you guys invested heavily into diversity, you know, all that comes with that, you know, social entrepreneurship, but it causes, but as mm-hmm. well to bringing, you know, more diversity into the mix as well, which, you know, we, we, we've had this a recurring theme over and over throughout the year, uh, just yes. the lack of diversity and access to capital for uh, people like us, you know, people mm-hmm. of, of different races. Yes. And sorry, go ahead. No, I couldn't agree more. And it's actually one of the things that inclusion for me, I, I just, I didn't realize how much of an issue it was both for entrepreneurs and also on the investor side. Like who are the, who are, inve- are the investors making capital decisions until I was a couple of months in. And since then it's been, you know, a really, re- it's become really important for me. Um, to ensure that I'm like supporting the VC community in a way that we're building more in- inclusion. <laughs> okay. No, that, that that is fantastic because I, I, again, you know, th- this is a model that we we could hear. Uh, you know, there's a need all over the U.S., but since it's education is very localized, 
So there's a little, you know, th there's groups popping up all over the nation helping. But mm -hmm. how can we make that widespread? I mean, it's the it's just the, the biggest problem of all. How, how do we make your model become available everywhere? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is actually something that our team has been discussing over, I would say, the past year or so. Is like, is how do we um, the same thing? How do we spread this across the U.S. and where? What we're trying to do is. Um, not only have programs that are in different cities in the U.S., so let's say, oh, we want to support entrepreneurs in health in the U.S., and then we choose cities that aren't just only in the Bay Area or in Boston, but other cities. Um, that's one way. But in addition to that, too, we're also, uh, we've developed public tools, um, like there's this tool called Viral that um, is meant for entrepreneurs and investors to communicate at what levels they invest in and at what levels of maturity the company's at. So that's public. Um, and in addition to that, too, we're also um, working with, with what we call ecosystem allies. So this can be universities with um, other accelerators, with other incubators to um, share with them our curriculum so that they can support entrepreneurs locally in their areas. Um, mm. I think that this last piece is what will help us expand our footprint in ways that are like other programs haven't been able to do um, by empowering others and, and sharing with them our knowledge so that they can do it. Yeah, that's, that's really based on collaboration. Uh, yes. yes, especially because yes. Uh, there is a, a huge need out there for uh, capital, and especially uh, when you see a good idea and then you see that there's like not that like the help is nowhere. It's so sad, so sad to see that mm -hmm. uh, these people are just waiting there to to have somebody that can help them and and yeah. that in that part of the well, process. And, and like Claudia said, like. Access to capital, but also resources. And resources. And, and, and like you, Marcia, mm -hmm. you, you may not initially invest capital in a startup, but you have other resources, your experience. Uh, you know, the, 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 the fund has other uh, resources that can open doors and get you, you know, to one step closer for capital. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, what my biggest... I don't know, piece of advice is, is if you're starting a business or an early stage founder is who, try to figure out who are the local incubators, local accelerators or universities with accelerators because from experience, those are the entities that are opening doors to investors and other resources. Mm -hmm. They're like the mm -hmm. kind of like the middleman of connections <laughs> yeah. and social capital that uh, is really important um, as you try to, you know, build your customer base, and especially if you try to raise capital. Yes. No, yeah. and, and I agree, you know, and even here in Portland, we have a, a good um, wealth of resources. But having said that, it's also not, um, you know, they're not easy to access for, for you know, for certain demographics. Uh, we understand. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that, I mean, I know the information is public, it's out there. But it, it doesn't necessarily reach the people that uh, you know that Neither. doesn't have access yeah. to, to to those you know like you know for internet uh, you know uh, mm -hmm. the, the the localization services. So yes, you know we have a, a lot of um, organizations, a couple of incubators that do a phenomenal job. Shout out to the, all of them, and they they've been fantastic. But again, you know, uh, how do we reach more people, more yeah. div a more the diverse average, community? Yeah, yeah. right, and. And, you know, from what I've been seeing and, and experiencing, I, I, I think one of the big, I think one of the biggest issue is, um, and I couldn't agree more, is that the current networks are still overlooking these different demographic groups or groups mm -hmm. in general. Um, and, and I think part of the solution to that is to have more people like you and I um, as part of investment teams, as part of um, accelerator teams, like to me, I'm like, how is it possible that I am one of 30 Latinas in the entire venture capital system when there are so many firms, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when 
you know, entrepreneurship for Latinos is growing at the highest rate in comparison to other groups. It does not make sense. And so um, I think we also have to get call it out that we need uh, more people like you and I on the investment side. Representation. Yes. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, we're the ones that are actively looking for these startups. We're the ones that are connecting also for these startups. Right. So. Um, yeah, we need to hold investors accountable too. Yeah. And then I think uh, one of the problems is that also that we need to empower our youth is uh, starting to embrace this like early age in the schools. Like I know my son is mm-hmm. 16 years old and then he wants to be an entrepreneur and uh, he he's like, okay, I need more classes about this. I need Where to do I know start? more. Exactly. Where do I start? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he's 17 years old and he's like, he wants to seek that information and yeah. it's not available for them. Mm-hmm. And then that's the, the early stage that, um, and then, I mean, like you said, uh, Latina young adults, like they need to uh, see people like you. Uh, they need to uh, see communicate okay, so. in the same language. Exactly. I mean, and I'm not talking about Spanish, but uh, you know, in, in our own mm-hmm. terms. And that, I, I think that's one of the problems because I've talked to to, to people uh, uh, that necessarily the, the term capital or VC frightens them. You're like, oh, I, I immediately wish we you know we as Latinos, we tend to shut down. Like, oh no, I'm, I'm, that's not for me. That's just for exactly. that's for very educated, you know, people from Stanford and that mm-hmm. are Caucasian. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, no, no. Hang, hang on a second. Mm-hmm. You, yes, you can do this, but again, it's just a matter of, of visibility, packaging. I call it. Exactly. You know, we, we're, 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 you know, we have products that are packaged certain way that appeal to us. Yes. That appeals to a Mexican or that appeals to a, an Argentina, and those are different. So if we just repackage the, the, I mean, the content is great. It's just packaged for a different audience. So it's just it's a ma- right. it's just a matter of you know not retooling or redoing because it, it will work. It's just a matter of the communication, the yeah. frontal communication. This is what it is, and it is for you. But it's, it has to start with people looking, yeah, looking more like us. But there's resources out there, right. like at the early age, is just um, something that uh, definitely will uh, help to to yeah. uh, help this. Yeah. And and that's just some feedback for for you, um, Marcia. That that you know things that we've heard in, in our community and are like, wow, you know that's that's really interesting because mm-hmm. yes. I'm, I'm you know some people are like we're outgoing and like no, I'm, I'm gonna go get it. This is but some other people are more reserved. It's like no, I, I can't think of VC because that yeah. they won't listen to me. Like well, they will listen to you. Come mm-hmm. prepare and if you do that, everybody will listen. And that's because like uh, culture mm-hmm. culturally, yeah. I, I think our, that, culture. Uh, yeah. our parents don't teach us about that. They're like uh, oh yeah. no you you're gonna go to school but uh, you know we are like uh, uh, underrepresented we are like n- not like you were like start saying like this system is not for everybody yeah and then sometimes it's like no it's, why not yeah. why not exactly just go wow. out there right. search the right people for yeah but you. remember some people are wired like that. Oh uh, yeah, I, mean, I think we are wired like that. Like I don't care. I mean, I go through you know without seeing color. Yes. But a, a lot of people are not. Yeah, and that, and that's and yeah. Go ahead. And uh, you know, and thank you for you know sharing that with me. I I what that also reminded me about is is a lot of times I've I've come across Latino and Latina founders or Latinx founders and they. Um, I get this, like, I sense from them this imposter syndrome of not feeling enough. Yes. Um, and also, I've experienced that, too, of being like, do I deserve to be here? And and it's something to break through and unlearn. And I think it's something that's affecting our community of, of being like, okay, maybe I can't do this. But I, I have seen a lot of you, and there are great ideas that I think deserve to be elevated and can encourage you know, right now is the time for our community to continue to um, grow and, and to be elevated within VC and within entrepreneurship more broadly. Like we have the stats there. It's Absolutely. Just, we need people to continue to elevate us. So, 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 I mean, um, we all live in the U.S. and we've seen it. Like, look, when people say, like, well, it's, it, it's our time. Like, well, I think we're always been here. Mm-hmm. We come here. 
uh, we, we uh, you know, we take a long trip. We uproot our, our families. We come to a new land where we don't speak the language, and we make it, and we we're making it happen. So imagine we do that with no funds, no other. So it's just a th- it's just a thought for VCs. Look what we can do with nothing out of thin air. Right. We make yes. people that are entrepreneurial, and we make the, the little bodega with nothing. We came yes. with nothing, and ju- just imagine. If you give us a little bit of fuel, yeah. Imagine that fire. Mm-hmm. That's just a thought. It's like, look what we can create out of, boom, yeah. nothing, thin air. Yes, I agree. I agree. And and the seed has to be um, definitely put into our young adults. Like I, I, I keep saying it, but um, these kids are so smart, and mm-hmm. uh, they just need the resources. They just need the people that look like them yeah. that are going to give them like that. Um, uh, story yeah. and guidance and then just the vision of like oh if she did it or if why he not? did it why I can't yeah. so just that this all what we need so all, like I mean Nike is a great company uh, because of that uh, because they put all the product they, yeah. they have a story of their product they put an athlete behind mm-hmm. that and they just go out there and tell the story about who they are and then the, the athletes they, yeah the speak athletes. for the product. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what that's what we need and in, in, in that side. So um, yes, uh, young Latinas. Like that. Uh, that's another question that I wanted um, to ask you, Marcia. Like uh, mm-hmm. you're uh, how like a, a a woman, a young Latina, uh, started with this, and how do you move forward? Um. So. For me, as an investor, right, I I think the way that I got here, honestly, I didn't have connections, and it was a lot of a lot of. This sounds lame, but a lot of Google research and and cold oh, calling wow. and asking people. <laughs> I want to learn more, even within Village Capital. The way that I got here was reached out to um, someone on on the fund and was like, "Look, I want to learn more about." your team and then we ended up talking for an hour and a half maybe two hours and um and applying and 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 i guess on learning that imposter syndrome and just going for it okay yeah (laughs) um and and yeah i didn't have any of the social capital but now when i look forward as to like how do i continue to grow as an investor in this field, um, I am very, I advocate for myself, right? And so I tell other people on my team, look, I need a mentor. I want to work with someone, like, I need a mentor that looks like me and also mentors that don't look like me. Exactly. And have those different resources because um, I, there's no way I could do this by myself. I need someone that's, like, already gone through this, someone that, could share some of the intricacies of like, hey, I'm a Latina. There, I'm a Latina. Let's say a Latina partner, right? As a mentor, she could tell me like, these are some of the challenges that you're gonna have to go through, and or in the ways that I navigated it, and some of the gaps that you could help um, close. Um, so for me, it's like I'm at this stage right now where I am um, have been advocating for mentorship, have actively looked for it. Um, and I know I will still need it. Um, and, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mentors Mentors are very important uh, in a- any stage of your business or anywhere you want to go. Um, uh, I believe that mentors are going to find that um, that spot uh, or are going to hit that spot on, on your business that are going to make you realize that uh, the things that you didn't know or like you knew, but like you didn't know how to uh, make it happen. So, um, I know I'm, I'm big about mentors and um, always like trying to push uh, young adults to, to find their to, own mentors. To seek, yes, yeah. to and seek I want to give you a compliment, yeah. Marcia, because, uh, and I just wrote my notes for later. It's like, how does a young Latina immigrant come to this country and becomes 
a, ca a venture capital investor. That's going to be the title, by the way, wow. when we put the podca podcast yeah. on. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, because that, yeah. you not only serve as a mentor, but as an inspiration. Like you said, you had no contacts, no human capital. You didn't come from a family that, that like, oh, yeah, she was just put in that position because mom and dad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you become that? It's because she did it. I mean, there's no other explanation that you accomplish that. So that's why we also try to get here this forum. People like look like, like look what she's done, and if she did it, wh why can't I? Yes. I and mean, you're an exceptional yeah. person. Uh, thank you for you know for for sharing this. But we, we wanted to put it out out there for for everybody to to hear. Definitely. So, uh, Marcia, I, I think like you have a great story. And uh, I, I think we have just a, a little bit more of our time right here. Um, uh, we want to know what, what do you want to do with, um, with your business, uh, Village Capital? Like where Marcia wants to take this? Yeah, where's the ultimate goal? Yeah, so I think there are two different visions, right? Because I have my vision within Village Capital and then I have a, another vision even beyond And um, within Village Capital, what I want to see is um, we, even with our team, I think we still have a lot more work to do around economic opportunity and um, truthfully around supporting um, and investing in more founders that are from our community. Um, we know inclusion is important and we have been actively um, like trying to challenge our own biases within our team. Um, but I think we can continue to do that by building more net relationships with um, investors of color, with Latino, Latinx, Latina investors. Um, I, I personally have been doing that um, and, and think that that's one of the biggest, you know, like assets that I brought to the team is, hey, look, there are a lot of investors of color that we haven't been including, <laughs> yeah. um, that could help our companies grow. Um, and that could be resources for our companies. And so building those networks is really important. Um, I also, uh, know that we're like expanding, um, not just in the U S but in Latin America fiercely. So we used to be in Mexico two years ago and now we're in four countries and I know we're about to enter, um, Brazil, which is, you know, one of the largest markets mm -hmm. in the region. And so what uh, I'd love to do with the team is figure out how do we have cross-border relationships um, between startups and between investors um, in the U.S. and across Latin America. I think that's like the next stage mm -hmm. um, because there's networks down there and there's networks in the U.S. And so it's like, how do you bridge that? Um And so that's within Village Capital, but then also beyond Village Capital, at one at some point I want to launch my own fund, and I know that Latin America and you know the Latino community is in my heart, right? And yeah, I, I will end up, you know, I want to invest in those communities um, and have impact be an important story of that. So that's the longer term vision. Um, That's awesome. And yeah. That's a beautiful vision. So uh, Marcia, uh, where can we find you? Like even like uh, someone that is listening to you and then, then find your story so um, amazing yes. and compelling. And then, and then yeah. it's looking for a mentor to a word uh, from you. Where can we find you? Uh, Online, how can we yeah. contact you? Sure. So there are two ways. Um, I am a big believer in reaching out to people cold turkey because that's how I've done it. Um, and so you can reach out to me um, via LinkedIn. You can, it's just, you look up my name, I should be there. Um, and also you can reach out to me via Twitter. Um, my handle is at M-X-C-R-O-S-A-D-O. Um, so M-X-C Rosado, <laughs> which is my <laughs> other last name. So, yeah, I, I don't ignore messages um, because that's, again, like that's how I got through without the social capital. So I understand that and um, welcome anyone that is 
either has a business or wants to start a business or wants to learn more to like reach out to me through those avenues. Awesome. Thank Amazing. you. Thank you so yes, much. Yes. Thanks for joining us from Montevideo, Uruguay. I hope you enjoyed your vacation <laughs> time. I hope the, the Austral winter, which is summertime down there. I know. And well, to everyone, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And next Feliz week, Navidad. Feliz Navidad a todos. Mm -hmm. Feliz Viernes. Eh, que tengan un bonito fin de semana. Y la próxima semana, Clau. Te hablo desde México. ¡Ay, qué rico! México, lindo y querido. Nos contactamos la próxima semana. Muchas gracias por estar en Latino Founder Hour. Gracias a María Chong Rosado de Village Capital. Feliz, fri feliz Friday. Muchas gracias. Feliz saludos Spanglish. a todos. Ok, saludos. Gracias, Marcia. Today's Muchas episode. gracias. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by Publicize. Broken up, uh, deconstructed PR subscription service broken down into modular setup, keeping quality high and si simple, charging fees for the targeted PR you require. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Claudia and Edgar send you. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionist. For small businesses like yours, nothing is more valuable than real human interaction. It's why two out of three mobile web searches for those ready to buy end up in a phone call to a business. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into a sales engine it was meant to be. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code startupruby. Tell them Claudia and Edgar sent you. Thank you and happy Friday. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast with your hosts, Edgar Navas, founder of Clica, and Claudia Cardenas. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo, de Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 